We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Ravens Vault. I am Sarah Ellison alongside my partner, as always, Bobby Trossett, and we are super excited about getting this episode out to you. We've got a great guest in Evan Washburn. Now, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Evan. He is a sideline reporter for CBS. He often does many of the Ravens games, but he also does Ravens report and many other things for the Ravens. He's just, you know, Bobby, just one of the best professionals out there. You know, I always print journalists. I've got Jeff Zrebeck up there at the top and among the broadcast guys, there's Jerry Sandusky. And then there's Evan Washburn. Such a great guest. Evan's the guy, a Super Bowl caliber sideline reporter, you know, and I thought he told great stories. He was all around the AFC North this summer. So he brought great perspective on in-division opponents and what to expect and what's going on in Cleveland. Who's going to be the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh if Cincinnati's real, the real top dog that Baltimore is chasing after, um, you know, following their Super Bowl appearance last year. So, yeah, he, I, you know, Sarah, you know, before I really dove in head first to content creation within the last few months, he was someone who not only did I try to befriend, but I sought him out as a mentor because he's so incredibly polished and he's done everything the right way. And I just have such a respect for how he's gone about this this wild business and i can't wait to share with our listeners the story of what happened on the eve or really on the day of his first son's birth so uh, <laughs> lots to discuss let's bring him in cbs sideline reporter evan washburn so evan uh, we can't say that this is greg roman's vault but nonetheless welcome into the vault thanks for having me sarah bobby it's uh it's been too long but uh excited to break down some football and, and get ready for the season. I can't believe it's right around the corner. Yeah, those local to the Baltimore area probably caught you a little bit on, on preseason as Jerry and Rod sideline reporter. So, you know, what were your big takeaways as you look back on this 2022 squad? <laughs> it, it's tough to take anything away from the preseason games because no one plays. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I got a, a stark contrast in philosophies last weekend where I did the Ravens game Saturday night, wrapping up the preseason against the Commanders. Woke up Sunday morning, drove to Pittsburgh, did the Steelers-Lions game where the Steelers and Lions outside of Jared Goff played all their starters for the first half. In the Ravens-Commanders game, I couldn't name one guy outside, obviously, some of the Ravens players that were fighting for a roster spot. 
And I really don't think anyone's really going to make a huge impact um, on the season outside providing depth. So, look, takeaways from the Ravens preseason, I think more from discussions with coaches and players, is there's an excitement, a feeling of thankfully we made it through this season healthy for the most part and a belief that when our guys get back and the hope is that they're all coming back, whether it be week one or in those first few weeks of the season, this is a team that was near the top of uh, the AFC for a large portion of the the first half of the season last year. And, and they feel like that's uh, a capable goal once again. Hey, Evan, as somebody who spends a little bit of time on Twitter, I was noticing some reactions from the roster cuts. Uh, it felt like people felt like some Hall of Famers were cut <laughs> you know, on, on Twitter. But uh, just with that news, obviously the Ravens probably aren't done. But did you have any surprises as to what they did or some moves that could still be to come? No, nothing, Sarah. I think you're right. I mean, I, I think then that's part of the pro- a product of the preseason. And it's it's not to take away from the coverage or, or to criticize the coverage, whether it be what we do in the preseason games or what those that are out there every day are doing. You're really covering a lot of the time the bottom third of the roster because that's where the intrigue is. That's where the question is. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson's always going to command the headlines, and especially with his contract situation and what he did in the offseason, uh, those were big storylines. But fans get invested in, in names – like Tyler Batty, and 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 that's the reality of, of being a fan, and that's what's cool. So when they see guys like that get cut, now that was a little bit surprising because, um, you know, he's a draft pick, and, and those aren't things that usually get thrown away. Not to say he's not going to come back on the practice squad, but no, nothing uh, was really jarring about the, uh, the roster management there on cutdown day for me. All right, so for these preseason games that are on WBAL, right, locally, You'll have in-game cuts where you're getting in-game interviews with Ravens players. And mm-hmm. as Tom Rinaldi learned the other night on the national Fox broadcast, some of these Ravens players aren't exactly easy to be to interview, right? Cause they're tight lipped, especially in this Lamar era with his ongoing contract negotiations. Who is the most difficult Raven that you've come into play with in terms of interviewing and who do you like the most difficult? Man, I don't think of any of them as relatively difficult. Look, I, I think you can go at it in, in a variety of ways. The, there's difficult if you don't know the cadence of a, of a guy, his personality, what he, is he a long answer guy, is he a short answer guy? That can catch you off guard, then you look uncomfortable, then you look awkward. I'm fortunate, I live here. Obviously, I've done Ravens Report. I've interviewed most of these players. The young guys I, I get to know over the course of the season, but we really don't interview the rookies in those in-game situations. So I have at least a baseline understanding of, okay, what's this guy about in these environments? So I never, I don't find any of them difficult. And that's not just a, you know, bailout question. So nobody, um, even like Gus Edwards is a guy I think about. I remember interviewing him last year in, in Charlotte and he's a very quiet sort of, you know, even keeled dude. And I knew that going in because I'd interviewed him previously. And so you just know that you got to carry the interview a little bit and keep them moving, keep it fast paced. And uh, we actually had some fun. I remember talking to him about his his necklace. He had the Gus bus all encrusted in diamonds. So, I mean, things like that. Look, it's preseason games to me. I mean, it is ultimate just how do we find, make this entertaining? Um, it's not 60 minutes. So if you're going to think that's the, the goal in those interviews, then, yeah, you're going to probably find yourself in either an awkward situation or, or a challenging one. Uh, my favorite interviews, um, I mean, with this current crop, I mean, I think Lamar's fun. He can be challenging because he's a quick 
quick answer guy and sometimes keep you on your toes, but I'm pretty good at that with him at this point. I mean, who do we do week the first couple of weeks? Um, you and Mark Andrews have great reports. I mean, Calais is a home run. Yeah, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, uh, honestly, he can be tough, though, sometimes because I think he he always wants to say the right thing. And, and I know um, there's a great personality there. And he lets it shine a little bit, but he always has to keep it uh, somewhat to business. And, and we try and stretch that a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's with that team and those guys, but this is – and you guys understand this, you got to know the team really well over the last few years uh, with all your coverage. It, it, there's nobody that's that's really a tough interview, I would say. So Evan, with your travels all around the AFC North, we're hoping you can bring us a little insight on, on the division. Um, yeah. As you've been around to different camps and different games, obviously it's the Cincinnati Bengals coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. Would you say that you know, they're the team to beat heading into the season, or do you feel like maybe people are sleeping on the Ravens or any other squads? Absolutely. Cincinnati's, uh, in my opinion, the the class of the division based off of what they did last year and with what they have coming back. They're, they're the, a great example of a team that made a run late that wasn't pretty necessarily all 17 games, but found an identity and a confidence and made that run down the stretch and, and made it to a Super Bowl and were, I mean, plays away from maybe winning that thing. And then all they did in the offseason was get better. They fixed their offensive line via trade, free agency, and that was really the only glaring issue if you think back to what Joe Burrow had to face in that Titans game and just down the stretch. I mean, the the poor kid was getting beat up and still making plays. And then their defense, which I don't think gets discussed enough, was in a lot of ways at times the reason why they were in the Super Bowl. You think about the interception against Kansas City late, so I just and having been out there and 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 talking with those guys to me they have they have the right mentality coming off that season. There's no sort of yeah I yeah, know we have we've arrived. They still kind of feel like they got to prove that what they did in a surprising stretch there wasn't just an aberration. And despite an unfortunate situation with an appendectomy for Joe Burrow, man that that dude's wired the right way and had an unbelievable offseason, I think it's going to have a, a fantastic year. So, look, Cincinnati, until somebody knocks him off, uh, is the class. And then, yeah, Baltimore's right there with them. And having been around that team, and as you guys know, and as you guys have been covering all, all offseason, as I mentioned, when healthy, when fully constituted, I think they can go toe-to-toe with Cincy. You know, Evan, on a number of occasions, you've had a chance to interview Joe Burrow and you just kind of said he's wired, right? So, like, I, I guess I just wonder, as someone who's been up close and personal with him, what is it about him, and how does he have it? Because clearly he has it. Well, he's confident, he's got swagger, and then he backs it up with his play and his toughness, but he's also relatable to players. And I think that's the the delicate balance quarterbacks have to have to walk, where – it can't be a show. It can't be I popped in tape on this is how Tom Brady does it. This is how Peyton did it. It has to be authentic to who you are. And I think you see that with Lamar. You see that with Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I look at it like he's this dichotomy where he's this guy that's sort of goofy and and wears wild outfits on the plane and to games. But then he gets on the field and he almost transforms into this just spitfire leader swagger, toughness, going, uh, locking arms with TJ Watt after an interception, getting up after so many tough hits, playing through a, a, a number of really challenging injuries. And 
then he makes plays. And that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's, can you ball out? Can you be yourself? And can you be relatable to the locker room? And I think Joe Burrow checks all those boxes. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Joe Burrow is the exact kind of guy you want playing for your team, but he's also the exact guy you love to hate when he's on your your rival's team. And he's even said he loves to try, he loves to play the Ravens because they it goes back and forth. They both like to talk trash. So here's the question. Obviously, Ravens-Steelers are always going to be a big rivalry, but with Big Ben gone and now with the way, you know, the personality of the Bengals, we're speaking about Burrow, their wide receivers. Do you feel like this is like kind of like the bigger, more emotional rivalry right now over the Ravens-Steelers? It's a great question because it's hard to ever pivot away from Ravens-Steelers. But Sarah, you were around the team living in the area when the Cincy-Baltimore rivalry was arguably, in terms of stakes and emotion, was more petty and personal than the Steelers (laughs) games. When I'm thinking of the Andy Dalton years, the Pac-Man Jones, Adam Jones years, and, and just the way those teams, when Joe, and they, they'd always lose the last game of the year in Cincy, and it would mess up whatever divisional situation they might be in or uh, impact playoff seeding. They, they just had a hard time with Cincinnati. And the Pittsburgh rivalry, while intense, physical, all the things we know at this point, it's it's built off of respect, I think, a mutual respect. I don't necessarily think that's always there with with Cincy and Pittsburgh or Cincy and Baltimore, at least going back to the old generation. Uh, this new one, I think it's it's still figuring itself out. This year, to your point, it's gonna be exciting to see kind of the next chapter in it. Cause last year I don't think we got a real gauge because I can't I don't have it in front of me, but they may have played when before Baltimore. I mean, really, Baltimore had their injuries from right now. Right. Uh, but I, I think this year is going to be a great uh, test uh, or sort of test case to see, all right, is this thing back? Is, is Cincy Baltimore as a, as a bit of rivalry back in action? So Evan, then where does Cleveland fit into this puzzle? Because it was a very unique off season for the Browns to say the very least. Yeah, it's wait and see. It, it's uh, it, I, I've kind of just put Cleveland off to the side. I don't have them the first three weeks of the year in terms of our schedule at CBS. I think it's going to be a challenge with uh, with where they are um, in this division, in the AFC as a whole. Jacoby Brissett, yeah, all the things that have been said are true, but to be able to sustain and compete and win games, or I should say help lead a team and an offense to win games is not all on his shoulders for those first 11 games to kind of hold the, hold the line, if you will. But then the reality is Deshaun Watson comes back and then he's still a quarterback as talented as he is on the field that hasn't played at that point in, I don't even know what it would have been. I mean, almost two years, I guess. I, it, I just To me, I'm, I've, I've kind of just put Cleveland off the side. I'm not even thinking about them as a real uh, – it's like come, come talk to us when you're, when you're really a threat uh, down the stretch, no matter who's playing for you. And, and that's kind of my, my plan at this point with, uh, with the Browns in this division. Now, Evan, I can't remember if you or Bobby were covering the Ravens during the whole Ray Rice – episode, which I can just tell you that was the worst time ever working there. It was just, just gloomy and just so much negativity going on around it. And I could feel that, uh, you know, on the organization, on the franchise, I'm wondering when you're out visiting there, is there like a, like looming shadow hanging over them with Deshaun Watson and his court cases and, 
and his suspension coming in. Like, how are they handling all of that? Yeah, it's it's a fair question, Sarah. I I was planning on going to Cleveland as part of the camp tour. I was in Tennessee on a Friday. I was going to go there on a Sunday. Needed to go home to to basically do laundry after being a week out in the road. My flight home on Friday got canceled out of Tennessee. So I was stuck in Nashville. Not a bad place to be stuck. Uh, and didn't make it to Cleveland, long story short. So I didn't go visit the Browns. Uh, I went home and then ended up going back out on the road to see some other teams. So that I I can't comment on sort of the tenor, the mood. I mean, I th- I've consumed all the coverage as much as as you guys have and 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 have – I guess thoughts about it, but I think to be fair to the the question and the topic, until you're really there as you were for those those challenging days uh, during the Ray Rice situation, um, I, I defer to the people that are living and breathing it daily. Well, let me follow up with this. Then that makes sense. I I always appreciate a reporter saying I don't know. <laughs> There's so many people who will just yeah. make up an answer. So that I think, you know, is a testament to your professionalism. Let me ask you this then, uh, covering the Ravens from the Ravens side, just interacting with players and all that. Do you feel like the w- Watson guaranteed deal has an effect on the Lamar Jackson negotiations with you know, him possibly wanting guaranteed money or have you not stuck your nose into that either? Well, I haven't stuck my nose into it, but I definitely, I mean, I, I, that's something that I, I've, I've never been more, we just finished, or I just finished watching Hard Knocks and I'm sure you guys have consumed some of it and I, I can't get enough. I mean, some of the stuff, you know, is storytelling, but good. It's fun to watch stories and it's not necessarily the true reality of what's happening, but if NFL Films was a, is, has been able to have any connection to the to the negotiations of of this deal and how this has all gone, or maybe Lamar's got cameras for his own production company that he'll release his own version of the Last Dance, where it's the the big contract or whatever. Because this thing to me is fascinating, and I, I can't get enough of the speculation, the guessing, because it's a it's a rare case where we really have no idea. The best insiders in the business have no idea. And you don't get that very often. And that's a testament to Eric Costa, to Ozzy, to the whole group. And it's a testament to Lamar, too. I mean, I, I saw him. I think he responded to some fan on Twitter, which is so yeah, on brand for him. I love it. About, like, I haven't gotten that offer. <clears throat> but so, no, I have no idea. Just like you have no idea. Bobby has no idea. Uh, it would appear that Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter really don't know, or at least they're not saying publicly, what's being offered or what's being wanted. But I'll defer to Steve Bashotti when he said that, yeah, when Deshaun Watson signed for 230, that that, that impacts things. I mean, I think that was the, I mean, whatever the comment was in, in uh, you know, some version of that at the owner's meeting. So no doubt. I mean, if I'm Lamar and I'm looking at that, and if it were me, and that's the only person I can speak for, and looking what I'd done, I've done, if I just sort of grab his resume in comp with all the other things, yeah, that would that would be a part of the negotiation. That would be a part of maybe the impasse, whatever it might be. So, man, I hope it gets figured out because I, I do think it could be a distraction at some point if it isn't already. Uh, I really just want, I want to be able to watch back next year or even five, ten years down the road the behind the scenes on all this because it's so unique. Lamar's activity on social media, especially this offseason, tends to come in bunches. Just ask Bernard Pollard about that. And so when he does get involved, it's so funny. Yeah. Like it's there's like a, a an array of tweets. And, and to your point, Evan, he just responded to some 
random guy on Twitter asking him about the negotiation process and what's been offered in terms of guaranteed money. Uh, a couple of minutes ago when you mentioned the schedule change. So I spoke to him. At, I, I interviewed him at training camp for, for CBS. Uh, we were doing our training camp tour. <clears throat> and I avoided like specifics about contract negotiations just to respect what was going on. But I had to find a way to sort of just tap into what's his mentality right now. And in my way of doing it, because it's, it's genuinely what I'm thinking, is are you enjoying this process? And, and by process, I mean all of it. Like the being in the room with Eric DaCosta, the, the speculation about what he wants, everyone discussing his approach and not having an agent and whether his mom's or whatever it is. And he just had this big smile on his face and was like, yes, I mean, I am enjoying the process. And, and you see it in those moments where he goes on these, what you can imagine, like just sitting on the couch, tweet bursts, <laughs> like, hey, let's chat. Let's chop it up with with uh, with the folks out there. So, man, it, it's just it, it continues to feed into my appreciation for for that guy doing it his way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So a couple minutes ago, you mentioned that schedule change that prevented you from being in Cleveland during training camp. And it got me thinking back to 2016 when you were interviewing pretty uh, two prominent figures in the NFL and the birth of your son just so happened to take place at the same time. Mm. So for those who did not catch that a few years ago, give us the, the cliff notes version. Cause this is quite the story. Yeah, it's a good question on the eve of the first day of uh, first grade tomorrow. So uh, Hudson is now six years old and he was 
due to be born February uh, 4th or 5th, 2016. So I was doing my first year where I leave the or join the A crew for the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. So it was the AFC championship game in Denver, Patriots, Broncos, uh, Super Bowl 50 on the horizon. And we had just finished meeting with the Broncos in the afternoon on a Friday game Sunday and get a call from my wife. And this was the weekend of a massive snowstorm in Baltimore. And she had just gone to the grocery store to get some supplies and she's like, I think my water broke. And I was like, I don't know if that's a thing you can just think. I think that kind of just, I mean, as I understand it, which I probably shouldn't speak to, but, uh, and so she ends up going into labor, uh, that afternoon. So I'm in Denver and there's no situation where I'm going back, but obviously want to be engaged in what's happening, but I'm now leaving the hotel to go meet with the Patriots and I, obviously tell her, all right, well, keep me posted. She has to get her way to Mercy Medical downtown. And then I'm in a meeting with Belichick first. Coaches usually is the first meeting of those production meetings. And my phone's buzzing and buzzing and buzzing, but I can't answer it because I'm in a meeting with Belichick and there's other important people in that meeting too. So I finally, as he's wrapping up, look down at my phone, there's a text message from my dad who was able to get to the hospital and he actually texted me a picture of my son and he'd already been born at that point. So it happened oh, wow. quick. I mean, it was within that conversation in the hotel to probably being in the meeting room, I'm, I would say an hour, hour and some change. So it, yeah, it, it, it was ready to roll. And, uh, so I look at the picture, I'm obviously stunned. I kind of like quietly sort of step back, say goodbye. Brady's kind of walking in as Bill's wrapping up. I walk into the hallway, call uh, Kate, my wife, and and sort of check in. You know, obviously celebration. I, mean, I love you, all those things. And are you doing okay? Is, is Hudson okay? Yes, yes. Okay, well, I kind of have to go back into this meeting with Tom Brady. And, you know, she's a rock star, uh, Kate, and and obviously understands the wacky world that that we've chosen, uh, and was like, yeah, go do your thing. And went back in there, and and the 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 fact the other layer to it, which was challenging, but it's fine. It was I really I it was again my first year joining that crew. So you're talking like Jim Nance this time. It's Phil Sims and Tracy Wilson. Like I and I'm not a big like all right, look at me kind of guy. So I just didn't say anything to anybody. And eventually somebody found out and was like, how do you not talk? Because then I was there all weekend and because of the snowstorm, couldn't get back until I think Tuesday. So it was uh, it was a wild stretch and then was home for a couple of days and then went out to the Super Bowl. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a fun. I mean, a, a, a great story, obviously. And then it's been fun because I've been able to in, interact or have that story and tell it to, to Belichick. He knows it and he's appreciated, enjoys it. I mean, even... I remember telling like Robert Kraft at one point, he he found out about it. So it's like one of those. And when Hudson's old enough, like it'll be a great story for him. That's awesome. I thought, you know, I, I have my fair share. My husband's a doctor. I have a fair share of like, hey, I can't show up missing birthdays, but not the birth moment. That's yeah. never happened. Much respect <laughs> to your wife. And to in her defense, the water breaking can be confusing. Just an FYI <laughs> after going through that. <laughs> I, I figured I was out of bounds by uh, just being uh, sort of casual with that belief. But um, yes, you're right. I mean, an absolute uh, rock star and continues to be because 
man, what, what you guys go through, but also um, when you have a significant other who's uh, got a unique schedule, uh, I can put you in some tough spots. Hey, real quick, Evan, before we let you go, can you give us a quick, who's going to be the Steelers starting starting quarterback in your mind? Mike Timeline is like John Harbaugh. You know they're not trying to give up that information to their opponents. I respect it. But who do you think it'll be? I think it'll be Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a real movement. Now look, Kenny Pickett's a first-round pick, and he played really well in the preseason, made some really big strides, and – and I think will eventually be the starting quarterback and have a chance to be the franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have that belief. They, that's why they took them where they took him, and they know him really well. I mean, he's been in, literally in their building for the last four or five years as a member of the Pitt program. But I think right now it would appear, based off of how all of preseason training camp, the reps, the performance has gone, that Mitch Trubisky has earned the right to be the starter and I really go to they are vulnerable right now with their offensive line. I think they just made some moves. I was you know, scrolling through the old tweet box there uh, to try and make some some maybe some last minute, you know, grabbing guys from other rosters or trick because their offensive lines kind of uh, in flux right now. It, they invested in it in the offseason because it wasn't good last year, but it hasn't been good in training camp and in preseason action. And I don't see a situation where as well as Kenny Pickett's played, that they want to put him out there where he's going to be under fire um, constantly. Because I, I think, as has been said, but I agree with, and it's been said a lot for good reason, it's easier to pull Trubisky for Pickett at some point this season. It's harder and can be damaging if they start Pickett, go to Trubisky, and then are we going back to Pickett next year or later this year? I mean, like that game is – is not something you want to do. So with some question marks around the quarterbacks, I think that Trubisky makes the most sense right now. Evan, one final thing. Do you know when the Ravens are on your schedule as of now? No, not officially. I, I, I'm hoping, and I, I don't see a scenario, but I, I've come to understand that I don't have any clue on how sometimes the games get assigned. I know it has to do with market size, and you know how many uh households is this game going to go to and we all right when then there's things that can get moved to other networks but week four buffalo in in baltimore to me seems like a game because i think our a crews got uh packers patriots 425er um i think that's a one o'clock game in baltimore it uh it has the uh the iron eagle charles davis uh evan washburn crew i think um circled or all over it so that's my hope because i think It'd be fun, obviously, always to to be home, do a game, and uh, watch the Bills in person because they're my they're my pick right now. If I had to sort of the team you feel the best about going into the season, it, it's Buffalo. Well, we always love it when you're on the sideline, Evan. You're always so professional. You got good questions, and my son. I, I'm sure you remember back when we did Unscripted together those years, my son would come in and he'd be the water boy in between breaks and bring us all water. So when he sees you on the sideline, he's like bragging to everybody, to his younger siblings. He's like, I know him. I brought him water. He's so nice. And he's like a teenager now, still remembers you. So that was good oh, times, man. man. We were, That's awesome. It's so good to catch up yeah, with you today. No, you, you had, yeah, you had such a, such a great group there and that was so much fun. And uh, we miss having you in Baltimore, but so happy that you're, uh, you're keeping your your coverage and your opinions flowing uh, all the way there from Columbus, and uh, yeah, this is I'm excited uh, that you guys are getting this thing going. I think it'll be a huge hit, especially during the season. And whenever you need me, 
uh, I'll try to be available. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you, Evan. All right. There he was, Evan Washburn. We told you he was going to be good. Just, you know, some of the best of the best out there. Really gave us a good look a view of the entire AFC North, Bobby, letting us know that it is the Cincinnati Bengals and it wasn't just like, you know, a fluke one-year thing based off of what he's seen. He still thinks that they're going to be back and and really, really good, which is, you know, it's going to be a mountain for the Ravens to get over. Oh, yeah, the Ravens, I think the Ravens understand it too. They're top dog. They came out of the AFC last year and that was a legitimate run. Was it a fluke? I don't think so. Are the 2022 Baltimore Orioles a fluke? Doesn't seem like it is either. So we'll see which which of those two teams ends up being real. But yeah, look, I, I just, like I said at the top, you know, I have a lot of respect for Evan. How about the story of when Hudson, his first son was born? I mean, are you kidding me? If Hudson ends up being, I don't even care if he ends up liking football. If he ends up just remotely being interested in sports, that's going to be a story he's going to tell for his lifetime. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that'll be great for Hudson when he's older to have those stories. That that makes me me so happy. And I am interested, though, here, Bobby. I want to hear how you first met Evan. I mean, mine's not as exciting. I just met him on, on set when we started doing Unscripted. It was super intimidating. My background was more a bunch of writing. You know, I obviously like to talk and I'm loud, but I don't know how polished I am. So to get on camera with him was just like, you know, something to learn from. And and he was so great and kind and gracious and all of that. So, but let's hear it. How did you first meet Evan? What's this story? Pretty spontaneous. Yours doesn't seem all that spontaneous, right? I mean, <laughs> no. it was in-house basically <laughs> at one winning drive. But yeah, for me, got to go back several years now. I was recently graduated from Loyola University. Those who have been following along know that I'm not from Baltimore, but I came down to Baltimore about 10 years ago or so for college and then ended up sticking around. So anyway, I was in my first couple weeks uh, after graduating and I was still working for the university, trying to line up my first job in broadcasting in the admission department. Matter of fact, I don't think you know this about me. I was literally an undergraduate admission assistant. So, and that was what my work study position was throughout the four years. So it was kind of like that moment where you were like, dang, wow. I felt like I literally did every possible thing uh, that, that was there for the taking throughout my four years. And yet I had nothing to show for it after four years at Loyola when it comes to broadcasting. So anyway, I don't know. I was doing my own play-by-play stuff at Hopkins down the road, calling soccer games, caddying down in DC, but I was working a nine to five at Loyola. And before the nine to five, you and I are both early risers. We both like to get our workouts done. I went on a Monday through Friday, like, I don't know, 6am type of regiment to Loyola's Fitness and Aquatic Center. And all of a sudden, like after a week or so, I, I keep seeing this dude who is just ripping apart this treadmill. Like he is, man, this guy's got <laughs> long legs, great hair. He's tan, he's tall. Who is this dude? Like he is in incredible shape. Ended up being Evan Washburn. And we, we I went up to him one day and I was like, dude, I'm like, your, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm just getting into the business. Couldn't have been nicer. Got off the treadmill. And we ended up kind of uh, starting our blossoming friendship through Loyola's FAC, as we called it. So, yeah, wow. there's that. Your first, your first introduction. I can just see it in my mind, him on that treadmill, not even breaking a sweat, just like, but it like, you know, so many miles per hour. And he's just like, hair, hair just perfect. I can just totally see it now. That's, that's great. I'm like lurking in the corner. Okay, wait, yeah. I, okay, as soon as he steps off the treadmill. 
I'm, I'm going to go say hi. <laughs> What's funny is I feel like the first time I ever saw Ozzy Newsom was on a treadmill, but he wasn't, he wasn't running that, that hard. He was, he was a little bit older by the time I, I met him. So that's, that's great. Great. Well, we, we really appreciate Evan. He's, he's super supportive of the pod and we'll probably have to take him up on his offer to come back on when he's not super busy covering the entire AFC here. We want to get into a couple of emails. Let's transition over there. We just keep getting more and more. Now, listen, Bobby and I have gotten feedback from our mother and father and their favorite part of our pod right now is when we get to, to emails, but to their disappointment, Bobby and I feel like maybe we can't read some of these awesome. I mean, there's a great email here from Thor Johansson. Thor, this is very long, so I hope you don't mind. If, But I've read every word of it. We appreciate it. We're going to try to summarize it. I also, I'm pretty sure you're the same Thor I've been interacting with on Twitter the last couple of days. I can't think there's too many Thors from Iceland that's hit me <laughs> up on Twitter. So I think it's one and the same. But Thor says, hey, hello, Sarah and Bobby. I'd like to officially write you a thank you note for bringing us this in, in all caps here awesome podcast and just limit my appreciation to what a tweet allows. So then it becomes a little bit more of a tweet, but basically he says he grew up overseas. He did a um, study abroad uh, in Maryland, which is really, really cool. He became a Ravens fan from the beginning in 1996 and he had always wanted to come back and watch a Ravens game, especially when Lamar Jackson became a part of the team. And so he'd been wanting to do it and then finally decided, you know what? I'm going to break the bank. Here we go. This is how you know you're a true fan. Flies over and buys a ticket row one right behind the railing so that he could get it up close and personal. So finally had his his dream come true. I just love that story, Thor. I'm so glad you, you uh, shared it with us. And then here's his final thoughts. He goes, so to wrap this rant up, if there is anything I wish and pray for these days, it is that Mr. Bashadi make sure Lamar stays a Raven for life. Us fans just love that man. And if he goes somewhere else because our ownership doesn't want to pay him what he's worth, it would break my heart. Well, we're, we're right with you, Thor. I think you are, are like speaking Ravens fans feelings right now. Nobody wants to, to lose Lamar. So we appreciate it. He says, thanks again for the podcast. Can't wait to listen for years to come. Appreciate that, Thor. Man, yeah, that's awesome. Matter of fact, I'm going to keep Thor's email handy, Sarah, because as we've talked about before, and I know we have this in common too, based on your travels earlier this summer, <laughs> uh, while podcasting, mind you. But uh, yeah. I had just have this, I have this love for traveling and Iceland is absolutely on my bucket list. So yeah, I'm also envisioning like this map, maybe this blow up, we, we kind of like blow up a map. I have one actually in my living room where you can check off with little pins where you've been. I envision us putting together a Raven's Vault map based on this. We have Iceland represented. We have Germany represented. We have England represented. I mean, we the vault's starting to go international. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, and, and it makes a bit sense too, because what we're hearing in all these emails is that, and, and I had this experience when I was just out there with my summer travels is 
you can't log on to certain websites. So like I went to go on NFL plus and it's like, nope, the geolocation won't let you in. And so there's so many websites that these, all these fans can't even get access to. So for they're saying for us to give them daily updates and information, especially with those morning vaults, sounds like it's the first time they can really be plugged in on a daily basis. So I'm glad that we're able to provide that service. And before we jump, that's exactly what Eric from Cologne, Germany, just wrote into us as well. Uh, he said, hey, Sarah and Bobby, he's been a Ravens fan for over 10 years. Uh, it's not so easy to get good and reliable information and time over here. Some good websites from Maryland are geoblocked, to your point, Sarah. The mainstream websites like Fox, ESPN, NFL Network are, are great, but they're you know they're not deep enough as we know, which is why we started this podcast. And the time shift doesn't make it any easier. I love this part. The day I found your podcast changed everything in a good way. It's so satisfying to get your daily updates at the time I'm on my lunch break. There to be go. honest, I'm timing my breaks with your releases. Okay, <laughs> Eric, that's what up. Just don't get in trouble, all right? Because we can't do anything <laughs> about that. But I appreciate that, Eric. And like I said, you know, Sarah, as we continue to say too, like we want to know where you are, where you're consuming the vault. And and I really do envision purchasing and like almost customizing a map. So hit us up uh, at Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com and let us know where you are because we want to make sure we're accounting for all the the vaulters. Well, I just wanted more thought on this and we'll wrap this up, Bobby, but it as I think about it, as we keep getting these emails or we get hit up on Twitter, for example, Lacey DaCosta, Eric DaCosta's wife, you know, hit us up on Twitter and said that she, we accompanied her basically the whole car ride when she went to go drop her daughter off at college at Penn State, right? And so it's like, to me, it's almost like this humbling feeling to realize when people write in and tell us this, that we're accompanying them, say like on this life moment, dropping your daughter off at college or you're or you're like the bright spot of somebody's day, work day, that they're just like trying to like make it through. Or like you said, like here, we're just like timing my breakup. And I just imagine our voices in all these different places, you know, across the world. So it's it's really humbling. So listen, keep writing us in and let us tell your unique stories like, like Thor did there about how you became a Ravens fan and some cool moments for you. And hopefully we can share these on these longer form podcasts. So we appreciate everybody for listening. If you haven't already, check out the Ravens Morning Vault will have all the information on Ronnie Stanley, the restructure that went on there. We've got roster cuts and our reactions there. Ravens have a new uh, running back, and we'll talk about how he changes that room. So lots to consume. Stick with us. We appreciate you joining us here on the Ravens Vault. Ah!